This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. I'm back on daylight savings, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I was going to say that. I, yeah, I heard, I saw you type that I, I, or tweet that or something. That's got to be uh, helpful probably, right? Or it doesn't matter now because time and continuum is all a mess. <laughs> it makes no difference whatsoever. When, when the uh, Three weeks ago when Portugal and the U.S. got out of sync daylight savings-wise, I was like, oh, man, my radio show's at 3 p.m., not 4 p.m. That means I got to do my running at the track an hour earlier. You know, It means everything's uh, off by an hour. And even like a week after that, it was irrelevant. And now that it's switched back, it's totally irrelevant. Yeah. 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 It really is. What, um, yeah. Nice to talk to you again, Liz. Uh, where do we stand? What's changed since we last talked? Um, uh, I, my biggest question is the whole, the who and the masks and all that, um, is, is, is my main agenda. What are your thoughts? I mean, I tweeted it out, you know, that I said, who's been more helpful during this pandemic, the who uh, the world health organization, which I believe that's what you're referring to, or the who, the 70-something-year-old band. And the votes on my poll that I put up were like 80% the band and 20% the World Health Organization. And the band, to my knowledge, I, haven't, I don't follow them, but hasn't done anything on this front. <laughs> well, yeah, they've been less harmful by because they didn't actively tell you that you to not wear masks, which might have that's been right. helpful all along. So they that's not even a joke. Yeah. They, they really might that's have right. been more helpful. And so we could um, say that maybe we won't get fooled again listening to yeah, uh, exactly, the WHO. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, that's yeah, the World nice. Health Organization I'm talking about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's crazy if they really if they really did, you know, try to limit the uh, the serious threat of, of you know to keep it from porting or whatever, so the hospitals could get it. I mean, I, I don't. I know the jury never lie, never problem. lie. I've seen that. Like, if that, if if the, if the rationale was, well, we need to lie to the public because then they'll take masks, and then the prof- you know the health workers won't there won't be enough for them. And then we do, we need to do like the benign lie, the lie that like helps them do the right thing. So dangerous, right? Because then, oh, how do I know that they're not lying again? And if you're telling me that a mask, you know, isn't necessary and it actually is better for my health, but you're just lying to me because you want to make sure the healthcare worker who might need it more gets it, well, how do I know this next bit of information you're putting out there isn't some benign lie because there's some other agenda that you have? And you can't lie and retain credibility. You got to choose. And I don't even know if they knew. I mean, they were. You know, did you see that clip where that woman, I think she's Taiwanese, is asking whether since Taiwan are they going to be penalized by the World Health Organization or something? And the guy says, "Sorry, uh, I, I didn't hear." He just like ignores the question and then disconnects no, the, the connection. And then she calls him back. He's some official from the World Health Organization. And then 
she asks the question again, and he just talks about China for a bit and says, okay, thanks so much. I really appreciate your having me on, and then disconnects again. Because they just didn't even want to deal with it. I mean, the World Health Organization, I don't know enough about them, but basically the CDC, they were preventing people from getting test kits. The test kits they got were faulty. The FDA was preventing people from developing test kits or drugs that were useful. They won't approve certain drugs that seem to be useful elsewhere. Those are the enemy. I mean, they're just bureaucracies that are there to serve whoever's in the bureaucracy and whoever appointed them and just realize, like, you're on your own. Find the best sources you can. Protect yourself and your family and make yourself robust against this with the best information you can find. Do not trust they don't have this. They don't got this. You know, it's like, oh, don't worry, the markets will be fine. We'll print some money. We'll fix it. They don't got this. They never have it. You know, they just the, the whole adults in the room thing is fake. There's no adults in the room. If the CDC comes out and now recommends, you know, basically exact 180 this week, what they've been telling everyone, that is just, yeah, you better, yeah, you're going to be questioning everything moving forward. It's eye-opening for me. Just the fact, again, the science is out with the droplets and all the airborne and all that. It's no one even really knows for sure. I don't think, but. Um, very scary either way. And, uh, before we get to the, uh, the more financial stuff, you just sent me a text before the, the tsunami come and the recession's even worse. Um, man, the side effects and all this, uh, basically coming to my area, being a hotspot, I have a niece in Florida, um, my dad's uh, sister and relatives in Seattle, and then myself here in the Bay area. So it's, uh, uh, I'm sure you have a lot of people in New York that, you know, too, but man, have you heard these side effects like hallucinations, you know, permanent loss of taste and smell. And the latest one is like your sex drive permanently affected. I don't know if it's just the sample size where, or where they used, uh, but man, all that stuff has me scared and, and, and the mask and it being airborne and all that. It's just uh, crazy times. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about all that. I know that a lot of viruses, I've heard that you lose taste and smell during the virus and maybe for a little bit afterwards. And a lot of the people that have recovered seem to not be too devastated, although we don't know what the long-term effects are of it. I mean, nobody knows. Um, There are certain viruses like HPV, which make women more susceptible to cervical cancer. Who knows if this virus has some other, opens the door to something else bad like that. It's not all in yet, but... I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be looking for the worst case scenario. Sure. I mean, I, I, the percentage I, is still as far as yeah. No, I mean the percentage is you know. I mean, you're you're yes. Put it this uh, yeah, way. Put it this way. I don't. Yeah. I've seen a lot on Twitter of people in the ICU, young people in the ICU, especially lately. And I'm not saying this is that meaningful because I know the people that I know. Nobody I know went to the ICU for this. There's people who've had it. Plenty of people have had it. Our friend's brother had it. Rufus Peabody had it. Just talking about oh, it on wow. Twitter. Oh, I didn't realize that. I, okay. Yeah, he was fine. I mean, he's like 33 or something. He was a runner. Mm-hmm. When I was talking about running the five-minute mile, he was like, yeah, sometimes when I get on a treadmill, I just see if I can still run a five-minute mile, you know, like in the gym. So he's, he's probably not the candidate to have the worst experience with it. But the people that I know that have had it or have heard of, you know, Kevin Durant, Tom Hanks, they seem to be fine for what that's worth. I mean... It, it'll be it'll get real if you know Brad Pitt gets it and dies, or Kevin Durant, or someone who's ostensibly in their prime or late prime of their lives, uh, someone completely healthy and famous, or if people start knowing, you know, good friends of theirs that are thirty eight that were triathletes that got it and died. I mean, even that went to the hospital. 
Now, obviously there are people of that age going to the hospital, but we don't know them. So I don't know the whole background. I don't know what they had, what their situation was. A lot of times I'll say, this person was you know, perfectly healthy. Um, and I'll look at the picture of the person and not to judge just by the picture, but I'll think that person doesn't look healthy to me that, you know, that had it. Now, again, that doesn't make it any less tragic. It just means, you know, just realistically speaking, you know, how concerned you need to be. Now, again, like since we don't really know, we don't, we know a little bit, but we don't know that much. I think like precautions are smart and taking cheap folk remedies, cheap things that seem to work like vitamin C and vitamin D are a no brainer. And to uh, social distance, you know, if you're going to go out, just, you know, leave a little space around the person you're walking past. Just basic things like that seem like no brainers. Yeah, for sure. Let me rephrase that. The, uh, I'm attempting not to let those scary things that, like that, you know, affect me and scare me. Uh, the primary concern is, like, say, hospital beds and, and the elderly. And that's in, in my area, specifically California, supposedly just going to go crazy in the next couple of weeks. Like it's going to L.A. is going to equal New York in a week and, and they're just going to run out of materials unless things drastically change. So that that is the primary concern for that uh, for, for me right now. But I, I, I hear you about uh, the other the people in general healthy and, uh, and, and not super old, you know, yeah, even I'm, if you get it, hopefully it's not anything. Right. I mean, you know, you may have had it, you know, I've had this cold mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks now yeah. and I'm like, I don't get a cold very often. I'm, I can't even remember the last time I was sick. It had to be a couple of years Doris, ago. Doris Burke said her temperature never even reached a hundred. Yeah. Oh, she had it too. Yeah I, yeah. I haven't had a fever. I've been sick for like two weeks, but I've had this random sore throat and barely a cough. And I'm like, is this this, or is this some just garden variety cold to have. I have no idea. You know, I'm certainly not sick enough to test myself or to do anything about it. I've been going out doing whatever, you know, going to the park with Sasha. Heather had this kind of bad cough for a bit, went away after a few days. Who the hell knows, right? I mean, nobody knows because it's, if it's not, if you don't get pneumonia, it's not that different from other illnesses. It's just kind of hard to tell. So we're all yeah. sitting here. Everybody who's had a sore throat or a cough at all is like, oh, I got it. I know I have it, you know, but I, I do think that like if Kevin Durant and Tom Hanks and Doris Burke, had it, you know, she had it, there's probably like a million people that have had it in the U S you know, they say there's hundred something thousand. It's probably a million, maybe 5 million China. There's probably 10 or 15 million people that had it. Yeah. I guess the numbers there I've been reading are just crazy off, you know? Oh, they just uh, lie. They I lie mean, about everything. That, that place. But I mean, even, even recent revelations are just like, it's, they're just so off. It's not even, Oh, funny. they probably had 50 or hundred thousand deaths. I mean, who knows? That, yeah. I hope that government falls. That is a very nasty, corrupt government. The U.S. government has its own horrible problems, and I despise our own government, and it's sort of our job as U.S. citizens to complain about our own government. I mean, to complain about Putin or China is kind of like, well, we don't, we don't have a stake. I mean, we have a, everyone has a stake in everything, but we don't vote. We're, we don't live there. We don't know well enough. But it seems like that the Chinese government is bad news. Even, even relative to our own extremely corrupt and uh, pernicious government. Yeah, no, no. Again, the estimations there are, are, are probably super. Just super like suppressing it, and like yeah, that doctor I, who yeah. died, who like tried to warn people, and then like police showed up I at know, his door. I don't even. Get I mean, I know. As yeah. bad as we are, and people like mock Trump and all that stuff for not initially taking it seriously enough, and he didn't. I mean, he's not suppressing a doctor saying it's serious. I mean, it, it's like apples and oranges. Yeah, yeah. So especially with all the, I heard you edited all the conspiracy stuff you were spewing last week. Um, kidding, kidding, kidding. Uh, no, I did so edit a lot. I did edit a lot. Of you it said it a lot. And, and a lot of people, you know, asked me later, like, I really want to hear the 
the unedited version. It's not that – it wasn't that interesting. Yeah. The unknown's often better, you know, than the actual right. experience. Just keep it, yeah. You can imagine. We, we just talked about the – we had the goods on the uh, yeah, for sure. Illuminati. Yeah. We, we named the Illuminati and we, we told you no. what's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. Um, so do you want to talk about the incoming tsunami of the recession in which this text you just sent me right before – Scary, sort of, right? That's a scary text. twice the size or whatever uh, of the, the actual – Right. It's just, I should probably Disease. tweet it, but I don't want to just scare everybody. But why not? Who cares? Because I think people need to be braced for reality. I, I read this thing. It might have been this guy. It's like his investment newsletter or something. Uh, and so it was a little markety. But he talked. He, he was. I guess he was at in the military. And at some point, this like former general who was like eighty five at the time. He's dead now. In like the nineties, talked to them. And the guy apparently had been in Vietnam and been tortured and never broke. And like, just was insane, like an insanely hard dude. And they asked him, like, how did you get through this? And he said, well, I got through it by being brutally like honest and realistic about my situation. He's like, the guys that broke quickest were the guys who were like super optimistic that were like, oh yeah, by Christmas, we'll all be home. And then Christmas would come and they weren't home. Oh, by Easter, we'll be home. And Easter would come and they weren't home. Flushing redemption, not having hope or something like that. But uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it was not having hope that that helped him. He didn't have hope. He wasn't hoping for specific. No, that's what they were telling. Yeah, no, that's what I think. They were, the, the people that had been in prison for a while were telling the new guys like it's a bad thing to have hope. Like, right. You know, they don't don't have right that. because when he gets life, disappointed, don't, don't. you you get yeah. crushed. Yeah. And he just said he was absolutely positive things would work out for him. That that the that he would defeat this situation. He was a hundred percent positive, but he was not optimistic about specific goals. I want to be home for Christmas. I want to be home for right. So I, I think that's like a really good framework. Like the idea that not only is this virus pretty bad and we'll see how bad, but it's going to affect everybody and everything. But the fact that people aren't working and are, and the economies are paralyzed, the whole world economy, and we're going to have a probably, in my opinion, a paradigm shift where the debts that people owe are just going to have to get dropped. The amount of money that's apportioned to every person right now is going to be reallocated in some way. And, it's going to be very difficult to transition as, as the people who have things hold on super tight and the people who are completely screwed, uh, maybe there'll be some unrest, understandably, and that don't be optimistic that, oh, and I, I wouldn't even see this as that optimistic, but the idea that, oh, no, the stock market will bounce back in two months and baseball, football will be back and it'll be just like before. I'm not saying specifically whether or not baseball and football will be back. I assume they'll be back at some point, but... The point is that the optimism specifically is going to hurt you if you if you're not being realistic about how serious this is. Not not just the disease, but the economic impact of it. And it's not just the it's not just the economic impact of the disease. It's the fact that we're at a totally fake economy for 12 years and a huge bubble that was ready to right, burst yeah, no matter it what. It was waiting for something. Yeah, it was right. waiting for an event to burst, and, and it just happened to be the, the biggest event of all time, too. So like, right, this like is this was damage. right exactly. But but the bigger tsunami is the irresponsibility with which we you know got into so much debt i mean that's the bigger tsunami than the virus and i don't think i brought it up even the last one list i would make you further your your math blog post do you want to further you know talk about that with this in regards to this yeah the math blog is it's kind of a goofy thing that i think about but we'll, we'll, we'll table that for a sec because it's a little peripheral you're talking about the uh the sketch on the piece of paper i did yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah no, I'm up. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not really related. Sorry, sorry to go off tangent. Go ahead. No, no, I mean, it's fine, but I mean, I'm happy to talk about it. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that like we should be brutally realistic that 
there may be 25, 30% unemployment. It's going to be a whole different world. And if you want to get yeah. through this, like that dude who it's not going to be as bad as what he dealt with. He was in some Vietnam uh, prison camp getting tortured, but it's to be like, we're going to get through this. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to take care of my family. I'm going to take care of my finances. I'm going to look for opportunities in this difficult situation. I'm going to be a good person, but do not be optimistic in the short term because it's going to kill you because it's, I, I just don't, I think we're in like the first inning of this thing. Oh, we're at home. Oh, so goofy. Okay. I'm getting a little antsy. What do I do with myself? Where's my job? I mean, I'll come back in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Maybe three weeks, four weeks, get back to normal. I don't, I don't think people are truly wrapping their heads around the situation. That's, it's not just, maybe we're out of quarantine in four weeks and we're back socializing. Maybe not definitely. Maybe. But even if that happens, you know, what's the, uh, what's the situation, you know, financially? Yeah. I know someone in a group text asked, is the worst over yet, uh, last week? And I just, was just shaking my head. Um, it's the opposite of that. Um, yeah, it's, uh, scary for sure. I will ask you real quick, just more Donald Trump, just because I'm not trying to trigger you, but Hey, my wife got triggered recently because he uh, was bragging on a, on a tweet about how his, uh, the ratings on his daily pressers or must view. And they're getting so much. I'm like, Hey, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I respect that. Real man respects I've, that. Real I've man goes for the press ratings. Tuning in. <laughs> I've been playing until tuning in. Um, but what about is like, do you have any thoughts on it? Cause approval rating right now, jumping up like Nate Silver said, ah, it's just kind of an expected now, but, um, and there's unemployment when the real numbers come out, whatever April 3rd, it's going to be the next numbers. It's going to be like sh- earth shattering, you know? So uh, what, what are your just thoughts on that? And, um, and, and I'm going to leave this to Cuomo. Um, I, I looked into him. Seems pretty interesting. Um, so, so this is in turn your turn to shit on him too, because uh, that's usually what happens there. So, so tell me your thoughts just on the yeah the whole presidency issue. Um, I really haven't thought about that much. I think Trump's going to win pretty easily. Uh, my opinion of Cuomo is pretty negative. I think he's. I, I don't remember the specifics, so I don't want to get too into it. But my vibe from reading people who I respect about him was like he's a total scumbag. Uh, Interesting. And, okay. and so, I mean, the, like, you know, as bad as any of them. So, but I don't, I don't know. I'd have to like look up specifics, but that's just sort of like my, I remember reading that, but I don't remember why. So I can't really get into it and okay. don't want to really like die that hill because sure. I don't, I don't have good things to back it up, but they'll, you know, obviously Biden is brain dead. They can't go with him. It's so ridiculous. So they're going to try to find somebody that's who they're pushing. I think Trump's going to get reelected. I'm not really thinking about politics that much. I think his approval rating's up because nobody really gives a shit what the New York Times thinks anymore. It's a smaller and smaller group of people. They're alienating more and more people. You know, Biden's accused of rape, and Heather's like, well, why aren't they covering that? And I'm like, because they don't want Trump to win. They want to defeat Trump at all costs. So if they cover that, that makes that a story. And she's like, I know, but that's a huge thing. I mean, if, you know, Kavanaugh was covered when he allegedly did that thing, why is this allegation not being covered? And I was like, congratulations. Now you're where I am, where I became five years ago with the New York Times. And you'd argue with me, you know, now you're like, you see, you see what a propaganda outlet it is. Like, why aren't they covering that? That's an obvious thing to cover, but they're not really covering it. Well, dude, even if you Google it, it's like the Google conspiracy we talked about last week. I'm not to get further into that, but it's shockingly few results. Of course, uh, I mean, of course. I mean, you know, the, they want to beat Trump. And so if Biden, who is presumptively the nominee, likely, I mean, I, again, I, I really don't think they can run his carcass out there. But assuming that's what it looks like right now, then this story is a problem for them. Their whole agenda is to beat Trump. And so airing that is a negative. So, But, I mean, how can you call yourself 
journalistic outlet if you're not if the front runner for the Democratic nomination is accused of rape and that's not on the front page, like plausibly accused of rape, not you know not just like some random person does it. So Heather's like, uh, why aren't they doing that? I'm like, yeah, you're you're now getting to where I was five years ago, where you know I'm like, this is not a legitimate journalistic outlet. It, it's it's yeah sure and read their coverage of you know the broadway or theater or something if you want um and then she's like yeah but aren't there there's probably powerful people in the theater that they probably count out to and i'm like yeah that's probably true i just don't know who they are so mm-hmm. i'll probably just believe it you know I, I don't i'm not really following it because they don't cover this um i think trump's approval rating is high just because you know george bush's approval rating was high after 9-11 people rally behind the president in tough times i think that's just sort of what that's about most people who are not like you know MSNBC journalists are actually hoping he does a good job and hoping that he succeeds. I mean, it just you, you, normally when you're in a crisis like 9/11, you just hope George Bush does the right thing, doesn't just invade a country and kill 500,000 people for no reason at all. And that people, I, I can't believe people are even considering a guy who voted for the Iraq War. But that's a whole other thing that we've been down the rat road before. But point is just that I just think it's spiked because. He's the president, and we need leadership. That's all. Yeah. Uh, if you're interested in those sorts of things, I did notice that Cuomo is part of the field now is 65 to 1 in some places. And if, you, if you've if seen Biden recently— I don't think you can get and, that. I don't think and, you can get 65 to 1 in Cuomo. you probably get 3 to 1 or 4 to 1. That's what I'm saying. I, I might have found that. That's what I'm saying. So I—yeah, I, uh, uh, okay. So that, that just seemed with—considering the, the economy, it, what's going to happen. It does, this is that. the least important election of our life. I know. Let's forget about uh, politics. It, it's it's, about not, it's uh, not even important because it's like— there's structural issues that are so gigantic that whether it's Bernie or Trump or Cuomo or Biden, yeah. brain dead Biden who gets someone else to do it, their personal politics, I think they're going to, it's like a tidal wave is going to hit whoever it is. I, I mean, whoever it is. Yeah. If you like the guy, don't vote for them because it's not a place it's you want to be. Bad, huh? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, so what is your uh, thoughts on the upcoming economy or do you, or yeah, I mean, yeah, what, 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 yeah. Yeah solution and if you were to run in things yeah I, I would absolutely let all the companies get bankrupt i mean if they are i hope they don't i hope they figure out ways to run their businesses profitably but that's capitalism right you when their stock was doing well then they all made money when their stock does badly they lose money i mean that's what investing is you provide capital to the market you take a risk you get rewarded for that risk when it's a wise risk and when uh, it's an unwise risk. You get punished. That's the whole deal, right? You, that's a risk. That's the whole point of capitalism. And the idea that the people that were responsible and who saved money and had some extra for a rainy day or a recession, and this is, by the way, you know, uh, Nassim Taleb calls it black swan, you know, the black swan event that no one sees coming. This is not a black swan. This is a white swan. This is a global pandemic. There was SARS. There was MERS. There was the swine flu. Well, literally having event two hundred one. I mean, those are like yeah. planning. Yeah, th- this is this is something that people knew was not only plausible but likely within the decade. When not it, right? When not it? Yeah, right. Exactly. And so the idea that oh no, how could we plan for this? You know, I mean, and they were doing the opposite of planning. They were buying back stuff. Everyone, you know, we've been down that road. So, you know, to reward the irresponsible companies just seems dumb. But you know, the people who work there are humans with families, and so. If you're going to bail them out, bail out the people. Give them 
unemployment immediately, you know, to the extent that their salaries are three quarters of their salary, whatever, you know, whatever the amount is that, that you can distribute widely and let the companies, let the stocks readjust, let someone buy them in distress and use the assets and restart it. Uh, by the way, I mean, anything that gets bailed out is, that's too important is basically a utility, right? I mean, if, if the banks are too important to fail, then they should be a utility regulated like a power company. Um, if the airlines are too important to the economy to fail, then they should be uh, taken off the shareholders' hands and regulated like a public utility. You know, because either it's a private thing that has risk and, right. can, and can fail, or it's a thing that's too important and the public owns it. But if the public has to backstop it, then the public should own it. And I don't think the public's great at owning things. I don't like government-owned companies, but it's one, you can't have it both ways. You can't have the public backstop you and then privatize the profits, socialize the losses. So um, that's what they're trying to do, and... Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not like an expert in this kind of policy thing, but it would be do what you have to do to make the people able to stay in their homes and have food on the table, and mercilessly destroy the executives and the shareholders. Of which, you know, if you have stocks, I mean, I had stocks. If you're a shareholder and you made a bad bet, you lose. You know, I lost 1,200 bucks on the 49ers in the Super Bowl. I don't know if you know about that, and <laughs> it was a bad bet. It was a mistake. It was close. They should have won. Blah blah blah. But it didn't work out. So. I don't get a, a bailout for that. I made a choice. I made a bet. That's what the shareholders did. And I, I just don't see why we're even considering giving those guys a break, except that they, a lot of those nutless monkeys are people who are friends with Trump in Congress and people in Congress and their families, and that's why they're doing it. But it's, it's not capitalism. It's just a, it's, it's pathetic, you know, because if you want to be a socialist, be a socialist. If you want to be a capitalist, be a capitalist. But the weakest thing is to be a, cap, you know, a ruthless capitalism for the poor people and comfortable socialism for the rich people, which is basically what we're doing. You know, well, this is all very discouraging. So uh, give us something optimistic or get anything well, else. I'll, on I'll tell you something optimistic <laughs> is that uh, yeah. I, just, I just tweeted something that uh, this woman, Stephanie Kelton, who I think is crazy, is Bernie's one of Bernie's. Um, economic chairs or whatever you call them. And she believes in this thing called modern monetary theory, which is that if you print the currency, then the deficits and debt doesn't matter because you just print your way out of it, right? Oh, we're a hundred trillion in debt. Let's just print a hundred trillion. Now we're back to even just pay off our debts. And of course that's an, that's an insane uh, position because you're basically just devaluing the currency that you have. You're saying, yeah, well we can print our way out of it, but Basically saying there's no scarcity to this thing. Without scarcity, there's no value. So it's basically the way to end your, your currency. But the, uh, this guy uh, that I retweeted, he said, she was saying, you know, we need to make minimum wage or what, what should minimum wage be? We can print this money, 15 an hour, 20 an hour, 30 an hour. And this guy tweeted, he said, you're way off the, the median wage, in, or I don't know if it was median wage, the average wage in 1961 uh, in terms of gold, 1.1 grams of gold per hour. And, in, and today, that's 50 bucks an hour. So he's basically saying, if you just get rid of the dollar measurement of the wage, the real wages for the U.S. peaked at uh, one point in the 60s, late 60s, at 1.1 grams of gold per, per hour, which is 50 bucks today's money. So people are getting 50 bucks an hour. Basically, that was like a normal wage for just any job um, in terms of gold, which is a more stable store of value than the inflated dollar. So imagine that, that like when you had this sort of hard money, gold, you just needed one person to work and one person to take care of the house. You didn't have two people with jobs and kids basically on their own. And you could buy a house 
and retire and all that shit back then. And they went off the gold standard in 1971 and they started printing money. And you've had all sorts of financial shocks since then. And now people, you know, you're trying to, they need to like, oh, we need a minimum wage of $15 an hour. But that's just attacking a symptom. Back then, um, when they weren't printing money and they were on a, a harder money, a gold standard, people actually had good wages. So the idea is that, well, you know, instead of trying to piecemeal this stuff and say, oh, let's just make the minimum wage this, it's to be on a much firmer footing. Now, they're not going to just willingly do that, and the people with money aren't going to want to do that. The people who have been gifted all this money by just having their portfolios always be backstopped by the public are not going to want to do that. But if they inflate the money too much, people are going to look for alternatives. And obviously, there's an alternative that's being built incredibly urgently uh, by the smartest people in the world, and that alternative is going to be there. And if that, if Bitcoin ends up being the money that people use because the other money's proven to be worthless, then, you know, maybe we will have real wages back to, you know, 50 bucks an hour in terms of purchasing power. Right. Like, like it was the goal. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, uh, you have me sold. I mean, I've, I've said I've been buying some myself, so, uh, we'll see. And by I the way, I, I've, I've checked talked the price every day now. Yeah. So I'm, well, I've talked about it. I've talked about it. <laughs> I've talked about it, but I, I, I want to make sure people realize like in the short term, I have no idea. Go down to 4,000. It can go up to 10,000. I have no sure, idea. Sure, sure. No idea. I feel pretty confident in the proposition of it as a, as a really important game to changing technology as a product. I think it's like I'm sold, but you know, do I know that it's not going to be cheap? You know, do I know it won't be cheaper a month from now? It might be, you know, I, I don't want people to think this is a quick buck. This is a long-term thing. And I'm no, I'm not a trader. I'm not good at trading. I just buy hold FYI. I'm not, I have no, no opinion on the short term. All right, man. Um, you have a, what else do you have in your mind these days? That was it. I was the math thing I did is I just had this idea. It's kind of hard to explain, but I don't know if you looked at that thing, but basically yeah, like... I wanted you to explain it. <laughs> well, so basically like I read this book a long time ago and uh, it said you can create a really big number in eight characters and the eight characters are nine factorial. You know what factorial means? Yeah. Okay. Nine times eight times seven times six. Okay. No, it means nine times eight but times yeah, seven times six. Down, down, down. Right. Sorry. That's so down. it's sort of like factorial is useful in probability. So if you're like... Um, how many combinations, like if you have a deck of cards, like how many different combinations, you know, if you shuffle the deck, like how many combinations are available in a deck of cards? And well, it's kind of easy. It's like, well, the top card, there's 52. It could be any of 52, right? But once that card is set, uh, the second card could be any of 51. So there's 52 possibilities for the first. Once you have the first established, there's 51 possibilities for the second. There's 50 possibilities for the third, and so on. So it's 52 times 51 times 50 times 49, et cetera, all the way down to two. And so it's 52 factorial, which is just a monstrous number. I mean, it just, you know, 10 to the 67th or something like that. So um, factorial is, it has to do with probability. Anyway, he said nine factorial, which is 368,000 or something like that, 362,880. So you have nine factorial to the nine factorial to the nine factorial. So you have eight characters and you've created a number that is so monstrously large. You almost can't wrap your mind around it. And so I tried to um, illustrate how large that number was. And then I made the number so much more monstrously large, inconceivably large, like your brain just melts even trying to contemplate how large it is. 
And then I just said, well, if you multiply it by zero, it's still zero. And so it just gives you sort of an appreciation for zero and infinity, like how uh, deep those concepts are. Because this number, if you go through the, the exercise, you, you realize you can't even wrap your brain around the number that I created because it's like more than the possible permutations of atoms in the universe. I mean, it's something like so ridiculous. Basically, it was nine factorial to the nine factorial to the nine factorial. But instead of just doing like three, that's just three, right? The first one to the second one to the third one. But why not do that whole power thing nine factorial times 360,000 times? And then say whatever that number is, is X. And then instead of nine factorial, do X factorial and do it again and say that number is Y. And instead of uh, X factorial, do Y. And then, and then go nine X, Y. Those are one, two, and three. And do that X factorial times. Like that whole process of going back. And then once you get that number, you see what I'm saying? I went a lot farther than that. So I can't even get into it on the podcast. I don't know if you're, if you're even with me anymore. Yeah, barely. But yeah. You, you understand the idea of... Yeah, I got the idea. You got, you got one thing to the power. To, to, you, know, you keep raising it to its own power. And then instead of just doing it three times, you do it that many times. And then you take that thing and, and start the process over again and then do the process that many times and then still realize that time zero is zero. That was just, I don't know, it was just something I was thinking about and I decided to write about it. Yeah, so it was very intense. Thank you for the uh, explanation. It reminds me of an Ollie G skit where he asks a guy if he can, a calculator can, and he just repeats nine a million times, times nine without it blowing up. But um, right. anyway, I, uh, I, so I was going to do a recap of League of Leagues, uh, craft and that legitimately turned into just some opus about me just giving sports takes nonstop. It doesn't really have anything to do with the, the draft. So I am going to be putting that out. I don't know if they're going to wait to put that this week or mean? next week, but um, sports takes just, nonstop. just, just, I just use the draft as an excuse for I'm just approaching 10,000 words in my, uh, Oh, you're just like, cause, cause you're talking about every sport and you're just like <laughs> yes, giving yeah, takes yeah. on a whole bunch of different stuff. Yeah. No, it's not even limited to sports. Sometimes do not read this. Uh, do not click on this. Whatever I, you do, I, listeners, I, I, do not I read this strongly people that this is a big, yeah, this is way too much triple D coming. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't read it at all for sure. Um, in the pop culture realm, I just started binging Ozark just a popcorn entertainment show on. I did uh, the first Netflix. season. I didn't do the second yeah. one yet. Yeah, I wouldn't even go to the second price. You probably. I mean, it's, uh, you know, season three, it's definitely entertaining, but uh, probably not a list show. I'm surprised you even made it through season one. But um, still, I'm like in episode five, and it's, it's, it's entertaining background stuff. And uh, again, let me recommend Devs, a show on Hulu uh, that with Nick Offerman that it's, uh, I'm really into. It's a pretty good new show. Um, anything else, lists? I'm sure we'll be potting again in a few days. And uh, yeah, it's a grim outlook you're uh, painting here. But, no, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, it's a grim outlook in the short term, but. I guess what I'm saying, and I, I was kind of long-winded and I'll probably have to edit, but once this thing gets broken completely, I think we will. there is a better system in place that will realign people's incentives in a much more benign way than it is now. Yeah. And that needed to happen. And it's unfortunate that, that any transition period is going to be hard on a lot of people. Very, very hard. You've you got to be you know, robust for this, but it's going to be, I think really so much better on the other side. Uh, if and when it happens, so well, anything that needed to be exposed, this will expose it, right? Any weakness. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I, right. I, I think, right. It'll be exposed. I mean, I don't think we're going to find out everything. I hope we do about all the corruption, but I don't, I think it's more that those people are going to end up being irrelevant, just going to go by the wayside and there'll be a whole new, much more important, uh, legitimate order in place, I think. And it may, but it may be a few years. So you're going to have to, 
get through the intervening years. And I was going to say uh, a couple of things. So on, on Thursday, uh, we're going to do uh, an XM show where we're going to draft. You know how we did the uh, baseball and football all-time teams? We're going to do an NBA one. Yep. And Nick Whalen and a couple guys are going to do it with us. And uh, it'll be a four-man league. But I'm, I'm thinking about how I'm going to build my NBA team. I don't know. We're going to randomize the order. But how would you do it? Like, would you go Jordan first? Would you go LeBron first? I'd go LeBron wow. first. Yeah, I got, well, <laughs> that, that, that's a, not exactly a small question you're throwing at me there, man. Um, yeah, you probably got to go LeBron. You know, I was just looking this up right in that article I was talking about that LeBron counting play, playoff minutes is number three all time right now. And that dude just posted his career high usage rate at age 35. And he was like third. Well, break now. I mean, it's insane, but, but yeah, that, that guy is just unreal. Well, I mean, Jordan so, missed like, uh, how many years of his, his two years of his absolute prime. I mean, in between the yeah. six titles, he would have won eight straight. I know. I know it's Jordan. The guy, yeah, he says he won six titles with two, a two year gap taken out right in the middle. The competitiveness I will not lose is really it's it's, it's different than James. You know, it's like Kobe left and, there. And so back then, you could just like hack somebody. You know, I mean, the, the, the oh, environment yeah, was so much harsher. You could hand check. Oh yeah. yeah, no, he would have. Yeah, for sure. No, way different. And the pace and everything's so different. Yeah, no, 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 totally. It's a legit question, but um, yeah, and I can't. Yeah, that that'll be worth. So let's say you're that. picking third, and Jordan and LeBron were off the board. Who would you take? Oh man! Now, the, now the real the thing is, it's like it's twenty twenty basketball. So if you want to take Wilt, you can, but he's not going to be eight that foot is, tall and, and uh, four hundred pounds. He's going to be two seventy five and seven one. I mean, he's still going to be a monster. But you know, who do you take third? I don't. Uh, wow. I don't. I mean, it's tough to get good comparing eras. Um, man, I don't know. What do you? What do you? Wow. Well, Andre said he would take Garnett third. Just because of the defense. Yeah, I mean, that's not surprising. He loves Garnett, but I mean, it makes Seven sense. one with defense uh, and offense and, and passing. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, I mean, what other, like, magic? What, what, about, what about Giannis? I mean, what, that, what about yeah, Giannis? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'll be with you. I would lean toward the, the more recent. I mean, really, and, and honestly, my guy Curry is just so ridiculously. So, okay. Good. So yeah. I was thinking, like, at the turn, let's say I picked fourth, I was thinking, like, Bird and Curry. Because, like, the shooting, passing stuff, that stuff transfers. Bird is six nine hits threes like nobody's business. You know, Bird win. never hit like a hundred threes in a season though. You think it's just because he didn't attempt? You think it's of just course he would win the three point contest like every year. I mean, of course, yeah, and, and turning around before yeah. the ball goes in. So sick, count it. Yeah, I know, I know. Okay, all right. Curry, Larry Legend. All right, I like it. Okay. No, but I'm saying like at the turn you go like Curry and Bird, right? So like you still got you're, you know it's only four team leagues. So you're going to get whatever you want. You're still going to get great players. But think about the offense. Think about spreading the floor with those two guys. Yeah. Dwayne Wade just recently said that Curry's best uh, asset is not shooting. And like, what? And I got me to click the article, you know, uh, uh, clickbait. And it made kind of sense. He's talking about just all the movement off the ball. It's just insane the amount of shape you have to be in what he does. And yeah, so the amount of spacing because of whatever, there's no such thing as range for him, limited range. But yeah, that'd be fine. I really think Curry uh, deserves up to be up there. And what about Hakeem? You know, best shot blocker of all time. Shoot, shoot from outside. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Okay. But what about Shaq though? I mean, it's just, he's unguardable. I mean, I mean, what, yeah, what but about, he's a two point Shaq versus Will. Well, there's hack a Shaq, which is a problem, right? Unless yeah, they change yeah. the rule, like for the all-star game. And then secondly, there's no three point game with him. So that, you know, in terms of like real shooting percentage, when you include free throws, it's not as good. And his defense was good, but it wasn't Hakeem or David Robinson. Yeah. I like Hakeem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hakeem. 
And then Durant will probably be one of the ten. What, of course, ten people drafted. Yeah? Of course, because yeah. he's like six nine, six ten, with yeah. long arms and shoots. So I, you know, I always ask Dre about this stuff, and it's that you know the shooting, passing, and defense are the truly transferable skills. Scoring, not as big a deal. Like, you know what I mean? Like you just need one scorer, like pure scorer. But yeah. a guy who can shoot, a guy who can shoot, guy who can pass, guy who can play defense. I mean, that's like. You know, you can, those guys are good anywhere. They're good on anybody's team. Yeah, you're not, you're not putting Iverson on this. But what are you doing with guys like Pippen? I like Pippen. Uh, Pippen is great defensively, finishes, good passer, good rebounder. but So good defensively. And he, like, invented the point forward. Like, Pippen was such a beast defensively, really under. He would be helpful because especially when you're making a team like All-Stars, you want the Draymond Greens and Pippins. You want a couple of those. You don't want just five alpha scorers. No, no, you don't want you don't want that many scores. But if you have guys like Curry and Bird, Bird used to score twenty three in a game, you know, and take like ten shots. You know, it's it's at the free throw line. It's it's the three pointers. Those are the guys you want. You want a guy who can shoot, but doesn't need to have the ball in his hand to do so. You know, all the time to do some damage. I, I you know, like if you start like Bird and Curry, and then you you get like. I don't know. You can get some other shooters also. You know, you get like Clay Thompson or Durant in there. And then you get like one defensive Hakeem as your center. Well, he'd probably be gone, but like, you know, Ben Wallace is your center. Somebody like, <laughs> how are you going to beat that team? You know, they're just going to. Rodman. Yeah. What, um, what, do you know, do you know that I was just, uh, looking this up for that column that Clay Thompson, uh, when he scored 37 points in a quarter, he didn't miss a shot. Yeah. Well, that is I mean, how, how are you, you can't miss many yeah. to score 37. In that a quarter. is just crazy. But I mean, I, I, I just, I would want a team of shooters and passers two at least two the big guy and the big guys can play defense a shooter passer team that the big guys can play defense right yeah no no yeah like akeem no i got you he would definitely be one of the uh akeem's gonna go in the top 10 i think because i mean duncan would be up but duncan doesn't have the shooting aspect no um, well duncan could duncan could do the turnaround but yeah offensively he's kind of you know unless you want to throw it into the post it's not really that helpful. He's not that great of an offensive player. He was just, he was very good, uh, but his free throws weren't that great. I mean, I would take KG over Duncan. Duncan was a good defensive player yep. too. Yeah. What about Dirk? I mean, you could do a team of like Larry, Dirk, Curry, Durant, and like Doncic or something, you know, just have like a, yeah. a shooting offense team, you know, a team that, you know, Harden, yeah, I was going to say Harden probably Curry, well, should be picked Curry, on the Curry, Harden, Bird, Dirk. Curry, Harden, Bird, Dirk, and like a defensive center, Dikembe Mutombo or something like that. Yeah. You have these shooters. But I like the guys who also can pass. That's why I like Curry and, and Bird because you have two elite passers who can also shoot. No, that'll be a fun exercise for sure. We'll go over that and see how much you uh, dominated Jeff, no doubt, again. Well, right. no, but there's going to be like Nick Whalen. We, we invited oh, Dre. Right. I'm, I'm waiting for him. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Nick's good. We had him on the podcast a couple of oh, yeah, weeks ago. I, I, saw that. I haven't listened yet, but I, I heard about that. All right, man. Keep, All right. It, uh, keep it together. Yeah. You too, Les. What's right. up, man? All right. Take it uh, easy. We'll talk later. Sleep. Later. Later.